Hello and welcome to the Victory Podcast channel where you can find the latest and greatest of past and present sermon messages here from Victory Church. I hope you enjoyed this week's message and don't forget to follow us on Facebook and the gram at Victory Church GF. Well, there you go. Look at Jesus and enjoy this week's sermon. Gonna get this thing started. Sometimes I think and wonder, like, how did I ever, ever get here? I, I don't know. As a children's guy, I really don't even like kids. Well, I do now, but I didn't at the time. I didn't. You know, when I first got saved, first got into the church, I'm a Christian. All I ever wanted to do was be that dude out in the rows that just yells, Amen. That's it. I know y'all hear me, right? I know y'all hear me every Sunday. I just wanted to be that dude, preach, preach, preacher, that's it. But about, what, 19 years ago now, I think, one of our friends, um, we were at a school orientation. Our kids went to the same school. And so he was asking my wife and I, he said, hey, I've been thinking and praying, and I feel like God is telling me that you will be really good in a 9 o'clock service with children. And I'm thinking, I don't think you're praying right, bro. That ain't me. And so he's going on and on and on like, nah, man, all you got to do is just come, hang out with the kids, have fun with them, play games. I can do that. I'm like a kid at heart anyway. I can play games. That's easy. So I talked to my wife about it. We're like, yeah, we're going to do it. They hooked us up with the 9 o'clock service. We get down there, and he says, okay, you got the 9. I'll be back at 1045 and left. I didn't know we were leading it. I I just thought we was going to be a helper. I can help really good. Putting together lessons and, and getting no, 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 no. I joke about it. That's kind of how it happened. But it turned out to be one of the greatest experiences in my ministry journey. Awesome. So we did that for one or two years. I think two years about. So we did that for two years. Pastor Gary, he calls me in one day into his office. I thought I was in trouble. <laughs> calls me into his office and says, hey, Billy, I've been thinking and I've been praying and uh, you know, we think you would be a really good fit if you would move and take over a youth and the teen ministries. No, 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 no. Now, children's was bad enough, you know, because children, sometimes they can be bad. You know, they can be bad. Teenagers? Savages. They don't care about you. They don't care about what you got going on. They don't care about your feelings. They will rip you and slice you up, teenagers. They're, they're Jesus. <laughs> but an amazing opportunity. I learned so much about just the church and myself by working with and through teenagers. And God was able to speak through me through amazing ways. And really, I wouldn't have it any other way. So I leave. Um, I got orders to Turkey. I go to Turkey for almost two years. I come back. Now I'm back, and I get to oversee all the children's. And I got to tell you something. I got to tell you, I wouldn't have it any other way. There is just something about working with the youth, working with the kids. It is just life-changing. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. I get, sometimes I'm sitting here in the front row. I'm saying, amen, amen. I'm taking my notes, but I'm just thinking, like, man, how could I teach this to the kids? Like, how can I incorporate this into, like, some type of illustration or analogy to where they would get it? Like, that's just where my mind goes. I love it. Didn't at first, and I, I, God's got a sense of humor. He don't care. He don't. 
He's like, I know you got plans, but I got plans too. Right? So, but here I am. Here I am. Loving life and loving God and what he has done for me. And so when I say that I love it, believe that I do. I love it. I'm not a titles guy. I'm not. I'm not. I don't get wrapped up in titles. I don't, I don't care being called a whatever title. I will serve in whatever capacity that the church, the pastors have me to serve. All right? If I got to walk around and pick up lint off the carpet, I'll be the happiest lint picker that you have ever seen at Victory Church. I promise you. But children's is where I'm at, and I'm happy there. You know, it's sad that I have met some people. I have met some people that actually will use uh, children's just as like a stepping stone, just to put it on a resume, just to say that, hey, you know what? I did it. See, I'm ready for this next thing. You see what I've done? I've worked in children's. That ain't me. I don't use kids or children as a stepping stone. I don't know what the pastors may have for me in the next 10 years, but my mindset is I will be in children's for the rest of my life, and that's the kind of minister they're going to get. Amen? Amen. All right. So I'm excited. We're going to get right into this. Children is of the utmost importance, right? They are top priority, and it's important that we, the church, we, the church, all right, bring our children to a place where God dwells. All right, we must bring them to a place where God dwells. That's not for them to decide. That's for us to do, whether that's every Sunday, whether that's in the car going to the grocery store, whether that's at the house. It's important that we bring the children to the place where God dwells. Because when it comes to the future and the future health of the Christian church, kids are the future. We can have the best-looking church in the city, and I believe that we do. We can have the best preaching in the state of Montana, and, and I believe that we do. We got some good small groups. We can have the tightest-knit groups in all of the country, of all the churches, but all those things do not matter if we do not strengthen ourselves, if we do not pour into, if we do not train, if we do not equip, if we do not prepare our children. Those things don't matter. Now, I like baseball, and if I want to be the best baseball player, I can go out and buy the best bat. I can get the best bat that they got. It won't make me a better batter. I can go and get the best glove. That won't make me a better fielder. I can get the best cleats that they offer. It won't make me run any faster. If I want to be a better baseball player, I have to invest my time, energy, and effort into those areas. The church is the same. We will be no bigger, we will be no better, we will be no brighter if we do not invest our time, effort, and energy into our children. Amen? The future is our children. Now, I'm not telling you nothing new. You've all heard this before. I preached it last year at the last kids' con, if you remember. It's nothing new. But I don't believe there's ever a bad time to talk about kids. So today, in keeping with the series title that Pastor Gary has, it's Harvest Time, I want to talk about investing in the harvest, investing in the harvest, and that is, that's our children. It's not just your kids specifically, it's everybody's kids. Everybody. Everybody. Turn to your neighbor and say, everybody. Turn to the other side and say, now pay attention. Well, Billy going to get you. It's everyone's responsibility, all right? So, not too long ago, I was chatting with one of my, one of my homegirls, 
all right? One of my, one of my friends that I ad- admire greatly, all right? She's one of those people that after you leave a conversation, you know, you feel smarter and dumber at the same time. You know what I'm talking about? Just always dropping them knowledge bombs on you. So I'm having this conversation. We're talking about kids. We're talking about children. We're talking about some of the verses that kind of pertain to, to a children. And so she asked me, are you familiar with the story or the parable of the talents? I'm like, yeah. But then I'm thinking, maybe I'm not too familiar with it. What does that got to do with kids? And so I'm thinking, and you guys remember the parable Pastor Gary went over the other day, but basically you got this dude, this rich dude, he's going on a trip. All right, he's got a lot of money, and he divides his money amongst three servants, right, according to their ability, right? So to the one servant, he gives five talents, and to the other servant, he gives two, and to the third servant, he gives one talent. Talent is like a big bag of silver. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how much, somewhere in like the millions of dollar range, but it's a lot of money. So he's giving his servants Talents, bags of talents according to their ability. And so he leaves. He's gone on this trip, and he's gone for a really long time. And while he's gone, now the servants start doing stuff. The first servant who was given the five talents, hey, he invested, put that money to work, and in his return, he got double. He got ten talents. The next servant, same thing. He was given two, two bags of talents, right? He puts it to work, invests, turns it over. He gets double. He gets four. Now the third servant, this dude didn't do nothing. He dug a hole, and he buried it, and that's it. So gone a long time, right? The master comes back. He calls his servants in together. He wants to get an account, right? So he's, he's talking. He said, hey, the first servant said, hey, you know what? I put your money to work. I put your money to work, bro, sir. <laughs> I mean, he was a master. He probably didn't call him bro. <laughs> I mean, maybe both of <laughs> so. Hey, I've doubled your money. You've given me five. Now you got ten. The master says, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because you have been faithful with few, I will make you responsible and charge over much. Come and share in your master's happiness. So he goes to the second servant. second servant comes to him and says, hey, you gave me two. Boom, now you got four. The master says, well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Because you have been faithful with few, I'm going to make you responsible with more. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then he gets to the third dude. Third dude starts making a bunch of excuses. He's like, hey, you know, I know you kind of this way. You kind of harvest where you don't sow, this and that. Excuses. He didn't have nothing to give. So he says, you wicked and lazy servant. Wicked and lazy. Now watch this. He says, take the talent that I gave this dude. Give it to the servant who doubled the five. I know he can handle it. Wicked and lazy. Okay, so now I get back to this conversation. At this point, I'm staring at my friend like deer in headlights because all this was going through my head. And then she says, and she says, did you ever consider that that parable is not about money? That that parable is not about investment of money or gifts or talents? But did you ever consider that that parable is about how you invest in your children. Man. My mind was blown. My heart dropped. No, I've never considered that. I have never thought about that. I have only looked at that lesson as money, investing money, gifts, talents. That's it. But it makes too much sense not to be about kids. 
It makes too much sense, and it doesn't take a genius to know if you properly invest in any one thing, then that one thing will grow. Children are no different. They're no different. And see, those servants in that parable, they weren't just some random dudes. They weren't just some random people around the neighborhood. The Bible says the master called his servants. They were his people. He knew them. He knew them enough to the point to where he knew what they were capable of handling. That's not randomness. That's relationship. And God has relationship with us. He has called every parent. He has called every adult believer who who ministers to a child in their area of influence. He has given them according to their ability. So it's our responsibility to invest in that harvest. Y'all with me? Now, after my friend broke that down to me, I had to, I had to go back and reread this thing. Man, I must have reread this thing about 155 times. I'm just going back through it and 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 through it, just rereading it. And I came away with a few things I have never seen before, all right? A few things when, when talking about investing into the children. And this is what I got. This is what I got. The first thing, success, success for our children is a product of our work. Success for our children is a product of our work. We were built, created, and designed for work. When God created Adam, he put Adam into the garden. He told Adam, this is the garden. Take care of it and work it. Don't believe me? Genesis chapter 2, 15. I didn't put it there. It was like that when I found it. We were built and designed for work. So what does that look like as a parent? What does that look like as an influencer of children? It means you got to work. You've got to work. Kids are work. You can't be afraid of doing the hard things. You got to hold them accountable every time. You've got to have the hard conversations with them every time. You got to sit them down. This is what happens when you do drugs. This is what happens when you consume too much alcohol. This is what happens when you have sex as a teenager. This is what happens when you have sex outside of marriage. This is what happens when you hate. But this is what happens when you love. This is what happens when you pray. This is what happens when we come together to church as a family. All of these things require work. All of these things are work, but the success of our children is a product of our work. God has called us to work and to work diligently. It's going to happen. You will see the benefits of that. Galatians 6, 9 says you will reap in time if you do not give up. It's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Most things about parenting is hard. But are they not worth it? There's a saying that says a river cuts through rock not because of its power but because of its persistence. That's one of the most powerful things you can ever have in your back pocket when it comes to parenting your child or just influencing a child. You have to do the work. And then don't you realize this, that kids, children, they are very observant. They are watching you. They are watching everything you do. They are watching everything you say. They even watch to see if it lines up together. They can see your work ethic. And eventually, they will see what your priorities are. And eventually, they will see how much effort you put into each of those priorities. And eventually, they will see where they rack on that priority chart. I'm just trying to give you something to think about. 
The success, their success is a product of our work. Amen? Now check this out. The other thing that I got from this parable is that God, God has given us everything we need. He has given us everything we need to be successful for whatever it is that he has called us to do. It's already a done deal. You don't need to get any more resources. Any more resources that you get is just an added bonus. You already have everything that you got. In this story, uh, the parable, God called his servants first. He called his servants first. Then he gave. They were called, and then he provided. They were called, and then he gave them everything that they need to be successful. But sometimes, I bet you, because I know I do, I get in my flesh. Now, forget that. I mean, have you ever, as a parent, have you ever felt like you just, you just didn't have enough? I know I have. Just keeping it real with you, all right? You ever felt like you're just, you're just inadequate, just not capable of, of being a parent or just incapable of taking care of this situation? You just didn't know what to do. Or you felt like maybe you're just not good at this parenting thing. You ever told yourself that? Ever heard that? Let me tell you something. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie you've been telling yourself. That's a lie you've allowed other people to tell you. That's a lie that the devil has put up in your head. The Word of God doesn't say that. The Word of God says you have everything you need and you are enough. And if I can't get an amen and a hand clap, I'm walking off the stage right now. You are more than enough. Don't ever tell yourself that you're not. Now watch this. Everything that you need, everything that you need to succeed and to see your children successful is not found in your wallet. It's not found in your purse. It's not found in your bank account. It's found right here and it's found right here. When you're thinking is in line with your belief that paves the way for opportunities. And then once you have opportunities, now that gives birth to effort. With just your effort alone, half the battle is won. With just your effort. Remember that the master measures success by degrees of effort. Let me ask you, let me ask you a question, a rhetorical question. Don't answer this out loud. If you had to rate your effort on a scale from 1 to 10 and how much you give of it every single day, what would that number be? I'm going to take it a step further. Write that number down on a piece of paper every single day for a week and then take the average. Would you be so confident and so bold to post what that number is on Facebook or Instagram with a caption that says, hi, I'm a parent, and this is the effort that I give every week. Something to think about. I'm not trying to come hard on you right now, but I really want to get this through. What does your effort look like? It is in your effort. It is in the persistence. You are enough. You just got to get after it. You've been given everything that you need. Take what you got and just get it. Just do it. So the third thing that I got from this parable, the parable of the talents is this. We're not all created the same. We're not. Now, 
Well, most people read this, they kind of overlook the part that says the master gave according to his ability. I know I did a lot. You just kind of get right into how many talents they got and then that they invested and then they double it or they didn't double it, right? We kind of missed the part that they were given according to their ability. See, that master, that master knew his servants and he knew that the servant who he gave five to couldn't handle eight. So he only gave him five. The servant that he gave two, he couldn't handle any more than that. So he only gave him two. The master who's been given one, or the servant who's given the one, that's all he can handle. He was just given the one, right? We're not all created the same. No two parents are alike. No two people are alike. No two parents are alike. No two people are alike. So don't compare yourself to other parents because you are not that parent. What God has for you is for you. What God has for them is for them. No two parents are alike. You still with me? All right. Now, I'm reading this thing. Like I said, I read this about 155 times after I heard this. So I'm reading, and I'm reading, and I'm reading. And I'm beginning to think, like, what if? So if this whole parable thing is a story of how we invest in children, what do, what do the servants represent? Now, I'm thinking maybe the servants represent parents. So, like, okay, the servant that was given the five talents, maybe they represent the parents that just have a little bit more in life. Maybe it's got a little bit more money than most people have, have more things than most people have. You know, just the parents that just, you look at them, oh, they got it all. Like the dad wears khakis to work. You know, a button-up blue shirt tucked in with a briefcase. He drives a car not because it looks good, but because it's fuel efficient. You know, on the weekend, lets his hair down, wears the khaki shorts with the cargo pockets, Birkenstocks. If that's you, I'm not judging you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying it's there. I'm just saying, right? Like the mom, you know, she drives a really big SUV because she's too cool for a minivan, right? She's part of the PTA. Makes amazing cookies. She can make all the soccer games, all right? <laughs> I'm just playing. But maybe that's just, maybe that represents the parents who just maybe have a little bit more, right? But that didn't change their position. That didn't change the position. They were given much, they gave much. They're given much, so they gave much. And here's the thing with that. The money or the talent that was given according to the ability of the servant, right? So if the servant represents the parent who has been given much, then much is expected to be invested back into the child. What does that look like if you've been given everything you've ever prayed for and you don't give it to nothing else? You don't pour into the child. If you're a ministry worker, you don't pour into the children. What does that look like? How does that look? No. If you've been given much, much is expected that you too will give. Now, what about the servant that was given only the two talents? What does he represent? Maybe, maybe he represents the parents that had a little bit harder of a life. Maybe had some struggles. Maybe it's a single parent. I don't know. Maybe had to go from work to work, house to house, just to make ends meet. Can't afford Disney World, but they do everything they can to have their kids enjoy Silverwood. I'm not knocking Silverwood. I like Silverwood, but it's not Disney World, right? But that doesn't matter. That didn't change their position. That didn't change anything. They still took what they had and they invested, right? And that representation reminds me that you don't need to buy the world to be able to provide the world to your children. You don't. And in both of those servant scenarios, they provided. 
they invested into their responsibilities according to their capabilities, and the harvest grew from the investment. And God said to them, what? Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. But now I'm thinking, what about, what about that last dude, that last servant? What does, what does he represent? I don't think he represents just parents. I think that last servant represents every adult believer, parent or not, that has refused and made excuses not to invest, pour into, or held Christ from a child. Wicked and lazy. Wicked and lazy. Regardless of the amount given to him, he was still given the same opportunity as the other two. I used to read this parable like, dang, this dude was only given one and the other ones got multiple. No, it's not about how much they were given. The opportunity was given. This is what I'm trying to say. We're all created equal, but we're not created the same, but we've all been given the same opportunities. It doesn't matter what your lot in life is, whether you come from a rich background, a poor background, or whatever background. The children, the future of the church are worth everything that you have been given. Pastor Gary wrote down, he said, I had about 45 minutes to preach this. I'm not taking 45 minutes. But I just want you guys to get this. So I'm about to hit my last point. Y'all can come up if y'all want to. This is the last thing I got from this parable. Is that we will be held accountable. We will be held accountable. This story is not about salvation of works of righteousness. That's not what this is about. It's about how we use our work to fulfill our earthly calling. The unfaithful servant in this parable, he didn't waste the money. He still had the money. He didn't waste it. He wasted the opportunity. His efforts were judged. They were judged heavily. Now check this out. In the text, right, when you go back and read this, you're going to see something. You'll see that the master never took back the money that he gave to the first two servants. Never took it back. They held on to it because they invested and made more. But he took the money from the lazy servant and gave it to the first servant. See, when you purposely miss an opportunity, the opportunity goes somewhere else. If you purposely miss an opportunity with a child, with your child, I can promise you that this world won't make the same mistake. If you are not getting a hold of these kids and teaching them what's good, what's bad, what's righteous, what's unrighteous, then everything and everyone else will give their own definition. And I'm sure we all know how compelling the world's truth sounds. If you're a parent, hey, you're a parent. That's what you've been called to do. Don't miss the opportunity. If you're a grandparent, hey, you're a grandparent. Be a grandparent. That's what you've been called to do. Don't miss the opportunity. If you are a children's minister, if you work at a school, if you are just around kids in your neighborhood, then that's what you have been called to do. Don't miss the opportunity. I want to close with this story too. The other day, the other day, Bob Hopkins stopped by the office. Bobby, I'm glad he's feeling better. That's a praise report right there. So he stopped by the office and he had a photo album, right? Now, I like looking at pictures, man, because pictures tell so much more of a story than words ever can. 
And so he's showing this, this uh, photo album, and it was a Victory Church circa 1995. So long, 24 years ago. And so I'm going through these pictures, right? And I just like, man, I'm just looking at back then the church used to put on these huge productions. You guys remember that? These big productions down at the Civic Center. Sold out shows, all right? There's a lot of seats in there, and they were sold out. And they would build sets. They would build these big, massive sets all on the stage of the Civic Center. It was awesome. And so I'm looking, and I can see everybody was working. You get Tom and Chuck, Dave, Bobby, DJ, Clint, Fred, Pat, Harold. I'm, I'm sure there's more people I'm missing. I'm sorry. But, like, all the guys were in there working. They got the hammer, the nails, and they got their tools, and they're just getting after it. The ladies were there also putting the hands to the, to the grind, right? It's blown away. I mean, it was Cheryl, Pam, Carol, Dinah, Dee, Kathy, Tina, Vicky, Renee, and just so many, so many people. And if I miss you, I'm sorry. But just working, just working. These old pictures, it was awesome. But the greatest thing about this photo album, the most amazing thing that I've seen in there was the pictures of the children that were also working. Tiffany was in there. Tyler was in there. Corey, Rachel, and some others I just didn't recognize, but there was just so many kids, and they were working too. They were putting an investment in. Them kids probably didn't even know. They probably didn't even know. But now check this out. Every single event that we've had since I've been here, all of those kids have been a part of it, and their kids are also in church. That's amazing. You see... Their success is based on our work. What's your preparation look like? We have to invest in the harvest. Soon, there won't be any of the older folks to do those productions. Call it prophecy. Who's next? Have you invested into your children so they know that something as simple as a playground can save souls. Do they know something as simple as just being around on KidsCon can save souls? Invest in the harvest. Can you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just declare right now blessings on the people. Lord God, I just declare that, that they receive something that maybe they've never received before, that they got something that they may have not had. But Heavenly Father, I want the thought, I want the thinking and the mindset to be about the future, to be about the children, God. Place that within them. Let them not forget it. Let them go to sleep thinking about the children. Let them wake up thinking about the future of the church. God, place that in your people. Let them not forget that that responsibility was placed on us. We don't want to miss the opportunity. We don't want to miss the moment. Help us to give our best effort at all times and in everything. In Jesus' name. That's all we have for you in this week's podcast. Please follow us on Facebook and the gram at Victory Church GF. Until we see you again, look at Jesus and have a blessed day.